You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be in chapter 5 today. One of the things that we've wanted to encourage you with, if this is your church, and really the cool thing with this is hopefully this this can be a family affair as well, is my prayer for you is that 2024, you will actually tether yourself to the Word of God. You'll grab a hold of it in a way that maybe you haven't done before. And so we're doing a Bible reading plan here at the church. And the Bible reading plan, we're going through just the New Testament. And it looks like this. If you haven't grabbed one and you want to do it with us, we're going through the New Testament. It's in the basket there at the back. And essentially what that means is it's a chapter a day, five days a week. And the encouragement is for all of us to be able to anchor ourselves to experience what God has to say. I want you to know that Sunday morning, as awesome as Sunday morning is, is that it's an encouragement for you that you can go directly to the source yourself. That throughout the week and throughout your day even, you can actually experience God's presence. So I just wanna invite you to do that, to join us with us in this Bible reading plan. In this series that we're in now, the Gospel of Matthew, um, one of the ways that we wanna do is actually begin to highlight some of the things that you might be reading throughout your week. In fact, if you're in the Bible reading plan with us, then you ended last week on Friday with chapter five, which is exactly where we're gonna be. So I'm gonna dive into the message. I wanna give some time at the end of this message for, for just response, to be able to spend time with the Lord because we're going into a new year And I know we're thinking about resolutions and maybe you ended 2023 like, man, I barely made it through that crazy year, hoping that 2024 would be somewhat better. And what I hope is that as we kind of go into a new year, we would actually have the right heart perspective and posture before the Lord to actually experience all all the things that God has for us in 2024. And so I wanna give time at the end, like I said, to a response so that we can spend time with the Lord with that. Um, But I wanna dive right into the message. The title of the message is simply this, Blessed. And blessed, really, we're gonna be looking at the Matthew 5, the Beatitudes portion. Before I get there, though, here's a passage of scripture I wanna read. It's the very beginning, and these two verses are gonna be on the screen. This is Matthew 5, 1 and 2. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So a couple of interesting things, a little bit of Bible stuff I find fascinating. In Jesus's day, there were many rabbis. Now rabbis were people of the community that were able to teach the word of God to the people. Many, many rabbis and rabbis had disciples. Disciples essentially followed and did everything that their rabbis did. Now, in in Jewish culture at the time of Jesus, the way that they educated the children was Roughly around the ages of five years old, they would bring the kids together from the community and they would dip their hands in a pot of honey and the kids would taste of honey and they would start their education process by taking of the honey and saying, taste and see how sweet it is. The word of God is like this. And that would begin their education and kids were taught how to read, how to write. They would memorize the Old Testament. They they, they would dive into passages of scripture, they would devour the word of God and it was so inherent and intrinsic to their culture, they valued God's word so incredibly that it became their form of education. They would literally memorize massive amounts of scripture. And then roughly around the ages of 11 or 12, they would bring the kids in school and they would, they would give them a test to see what their knowledge was. If they had gained sufficient knowledge, 
like the kids did really, really well in gaining and learning, then they would say, wow, continue your studies in your pursuit and be able to do it. And what would happen is if someone was exceptional at what they were doing with the word of God, then they could study and train to become a rabbi. And you became a rabbi at the age of 30, which is when Jesus started his earthly ministry. And if you didn't make it, like if you, at, when they tested you and you didn't do well, then they would say, go home and ply your trade. In other words, go home and be a carpenter, go home and, 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 and be a fisherman, whatever the things were that, that happened. In the community at that time, people aspired to wanna be rabbis. It was a thing that was cool. They might've had trading cards with a, like rabbis on there or something crazy. It was a big deal. And so Jesus starts his earthly ministry at the age of 30. Something else that's interesting, and I'm gonna bring up in a second because I just think it's interesting, is once someone completed their studies, what would happen is they would get their, the person becoming a rabbi would get their, would, 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 they would be committed into their ministry job by members of the community who had gone before them and they would lay their hands on them. Two men would lay their hands on that person and they would essentially commission that person to then go out and be and declare God's word. And so later on, when they were out there teaching, the people would say, by what authority? Who gave you the rights to teach? Who gave you the rights to tell us these things? And the person who was doing it would say, well, so-and-so laid their hands on me, and it's by them that I have the right to be able to communicate with you. Really interesting stuff. So Jesus here is getting up, and he's going to teach. And if you've heard and you read the Gospels, you know people have asked him, Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? Well, in chapter five, if you go back just two chapters, in chapter three, there's the moment in which Jesus is baptized. And Jesus goes to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist feels like he's unworthy, but he listens to Jesus anyway. And after Jesus is baptized, after the baptism happens, the heavens open up, and the voice of God the Father sounds, and, and God the Father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so for me, and I can't prove this, I just think it's interesting, who were the people that essentially commissioned Jesus in his ministry? To me, I would say it was John the Baptist and I would say it was God the Father. So then later when they say, Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? Jesus is like, well, my father. And people would get so frustrated by this, but it was actually his father saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I am saying that listen to him and what he has to say. And then later on, there's so many other things that are impacted by this, but later on, Jesus would go and he would communicate things and he would tell people, like here's an example. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you because it's, my burden is light. The yoke was often in rabbinic culture how the rabbi would interpret the scriptures. So if you interpreted the scriptures and you said, well, hey, these laws mean that you have to do things this way, that would be called their yoke how many different aspects of that that they had to do. So like a rabbi might interpret a passage of scripture and say, if you're gonna be obedient to this passage of scripture, you have to do these five things. Another rabbi might take that same passage of scripture and say, if you're gonna be obedient to the scripture, you have to do these eight things. Jesus, that was known as their yoke, how they interpreted scripture. Jesus comes and says, actually, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And as a rabbi, his interpretation of things always meant to point back to the Father, which is why they would ask Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? Uh, interesting Bible stuff for today. So here we find Jesus on the side of a mountain. But there's another aspect of this that I find to be absolutely beautiful, ready? And, and it's, 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 we know from scripture that Jesus is the author of creation. I just think it's a beautiful passage. We read it in Colossians. 
that he's the visible image of an invisible God and he created all things. It's, it's amazing. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, we'll do a quick survey. Who here loves being outside in nature? Anybody? Most of us? Yeah, okay. Like, there's something about outside that's significant. And I just find it to be beautiful. Let me read a passage of scripture for you. Ready? This is Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Think about that. At God's command. He spoke it. It's incredible. So that what is, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And then here's Psalm 8.1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. He creates things. And we can look at the heavens and see the glory of God. By the way, any old school church people in here? Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is. No? Okay, all right, it's just me. Those of you who didn't grow up in church with the foam microphones and like the, all the flags around everywhere. Okay. In creation, we can be amazed by how incredible God is. And in our state, in South Carolina, there's beauty that's all around us. My wife and I and our family, we live in Fountain Inn and we've discovered this, I discovered this little nook. It's not the most beautiful nook in the world, but it's great for me and the boys. Uh, I take my boys there, we call it the bro spot, and my boys, to get their wiggles out, give them a bucket and like a little net and they like to like dive in for tadpoles or whatever living creature they manage to find. We'll bike there in Fountain Inn. I'll, I'll just show you a picture. This is I, I, three kids and then an almost 11-year-old, and then a five-and-a-half-year-old. And there they are just going to town, and just being outside is awesome. Here's the next picture right here. This is my youngest. By the way, if you want parenting advice on how to teach your kid how to do a spear, I've got you. I've, I'll hook you up. You take the knife, you carve it, you let the five-year-old loose and just see what he can, what he can accomplish. Sometimes you just gotta let it happen, okay? Don't send me an email. This is good for him. He's having a great time. I'll show you one more. Well, this is the picture. But one of the things I do, like when my kids are playing, oh, and if you don't mind going to the next picture, is I'll just look up. And the kids are playing, and I can hear them, and I look up, and I am, I'm just amazed. I'm amazed by the beauty that's just right above. And it says this, that, that God made that. I mean, he just, he spoke it. And in the intricacies of the blue sky and the leaves, and then you go in the fall and the changing colors and the way that the trees grow and, and the water, it just, all of this was, was spoken into existence. And then in our state, like one of my best friends from college uh, moved to Charleston and, and has a boat. And so I visited him a number of times. I got a chance to go. And when we go on a boat, we went camping on some of the islands right off the coast of Charleston. We'll just ride on a boat, find an island, get our camping gear out and camp out. And it can be unbelievably beautiful. I'll show you a picture of one of our times. And what's cool about Charleston is even on your east coast, you can see the sun setting over the water. And there's something about this world. You're watching the sunset over something. And this is right, I mean, this is like three and a half hours away in South Carolina. And you look at this and you're just, this was spoken into existence. And you're, you're amazed by it. In fact, it's beautiful. And then right around where we live, there's some pretty cool places. Like, for example, Pretty Place. Who, who's been to Pretty Place? Anybody? Okay, well, all right. Show you a picture of Pretty Place. How could, and by the way, what a great name, right? Like, so it was brilliant whoever did it. What are we naming this place? Well, it's certainly Purdy, so. <laughs> pretty Place. <laughs> 
that guy deserves a Nobel Peace Prize in creativity. He's awesome. But like, I, I didn't do a wedding, but I went to a wedding here one time and it was late in the fall season and it, the wedding started late at night and it was freezing outside, which by the way, and then it was dark and you couldn't see the view. Whoever planned that situation out. But this right here was spoken into existence. I'll give you one more picture. This is of a place, just it's Table Rock. And, and I, I bring all this up because I think sometimes when we open up the Bible, we open up scriptures, and maybe if you've been in church for a long time, you're just used to some of the stories, and there can be familiarity with hearing Jesus' teachings. And I want you to see that as we get ready to open up and we're getting ready to hear Jesus' thoughts, that the person who spoke that into existence, that the person who th thought this and spoke it and made all of it with the sunsets and the trees and the rocks and the water, that the one who did all of that came and literally is gonna be teaching us how to live. That's the verse we just read. It says that Jesus came and he sat and he's gonna communicate with us how to live. Think about the person who formed all of this is now wanting us to know how we should go about our lives. And there's a beauty to that and a weight to it. And I hope that as you go into 2024, you would hear what the creator has to say about how you live because it's real and it's good. So Matthew chapter five, I ask you to turn there. We're gonna be in the Beatitudes and we're gonna start in verse three because we've already read verses one and two. Well-known passage of scripture and God's word says this, ready? Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And for the same way, for in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this message is a little different. I have three questions I'm gonna ask you. And the reason I'm doing questions this morning is because we're gonna end the service introspectively. We're gonna end the service spending time with God and then asking God, Lord, as I go into 2024, what do I need to get right with you? Jesus tells us all of these statements about how we can be blessed. So the first question or thought that I have for us today is this. It centers around the word blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? And, and here's the simple question that I have is, who do you wanna be blessed by? Who do you want to be blessed by? How we go about making decisions in our life is a big deal. And with our family, my wife and I and our three kiddos, trying to teach our kids how to make good choices is also a big deal. And for those who've raised kids, you know, God bless you, because it's not easy. I mean, it's just not an easy thing. And so our, our youngest this last week had a moment in which we were parenting him. He's five and a half years old. He spilled a bunch of stuff in the kitchen and it was so evil of us to try and make him clean it up. You have no idea the trauma he encountered when we're like, nope, you clean this up. And our youngest, by the way, is also like, he's just got, he, that kid, we call it the don't want to spirit. He just doesn't want to, don't want to. And 
we're like, um, listen, he's our third and we're kind of over it. We're like, no, you have to, because we say so. So there's this power struggle going on. So this last week he did it. While my wife is telling him and encouraging him, no, you have to clean it up. You made the mess. Um, you, this is something you have to do. My wife remembered that years earlier, the exact scene played out when he was younger. And that scene when he was younger was caught on video. And, and just, we're trying to help him make good decisions, okay? So, so this, is, this is a video Grant, I want you to see of him younger. Did you put all of those cookies on the ground? By the way, he spilled them on purpose. Did you throw all of those cookies on the ground? Did you throw them all on the ground? Don't you think you should leave them in their bag? I think so too. I think so too. No, no, sir. Yeah, pick them all up. Takes after his father. All up. (laughs) So we're trying to help him make good choices. Jesus gets up and he says all these statements: "Blessed are and blessed are and blessed are and blessed are." And, and, and what I want you to understand is Jesus is saying, you have a choice as to how you're gonna live your life. In other words, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Can you be poor in spirit? Blessed are those who, are, who mourn. Can you mourn? Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are those who show mercy. Blessed are those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Jesus is saying, what choice are you gonna make as to how you're gonna live? All of us have a choice. Now, let me just say this. As you go into 2024, there's a lot of things that you have zero control over. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You can't control the wars that are gonna happen around the world. You have zero control over a lot of things. But there are some things that you have a lot of input into that certainly impact your future. And you should care about these things massively. These things you have input into, ready? And they affect your future. Your habits affect your future. The habits that you have in your life will 100% impact your future. You know what else impacts your future? The friends that you choose. And guess who picks their friends? You do. Listen, I'll I'll say it this way. You can never have a good life with the wrong friends. Like you always hear testimonies of people. They're like, yeah, everything was going okay for me. And then all of a sudden I fell into the wrong crowd. And then dot, dot, dot. And all of us have our own stories. it's it's, it's like what precipitates the bad decisions is the fell into the wrong crowd. And as parents, like one of the things I'm telling my kids, listen, one of the most important things you will ever do in life is pick the people who you do life with. You can't have a good life if you have wrong friends. It's impossible. Now, you can have some friends that you love and care for, but if the main group of friends that you're with is going in the opposite direction of you, you got a problem. That's why people, my dad being one of them, when my dad got radically saved, he was a drug addict, he was a hippie, he was a musician. When he got radically saved from God, what happened is his entire friend group left him because he was going in an opposite direction. So your habits impact your future, your friends impact your future, but your decisions impact your future. And Jesus gets up and he's gonna say, how are you gonna decide to live? And then he says, I want you to be blessed by me. I want you to be blessed by my father. And how you be blessed by God is ready, be poor in spirit. How you be blessed by God is to mourn. 
how you're blessed by God. If you can choose to make good decisions, then decide to be poor in spirit, then decide to mourn, then decide to be. Now here's what I want you to see, and this is what's beautiful about Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. It's actually a journey that Jesus, the creator of things, points out to us into how we can follow God. It's a journey, ready? We start our journey with God by being broken. Do you know, this is beautiful, do you know why we start our journey with being broken? Because until we're broken, we don't recognize our need for God. Let me put it to you this way. A couple of years ago, we had someone in the church take my wife and I to dinner to Chop House 47. Not been outside of someone in the church taking us to dinner. And the person who took us, they said, hey, Jeremy, we want you to know, listen, they have an appetizer of thick sliced bacon with bacon sauce. And I'm like, I'm there. I fasted for like three weeks ahead of time. And I sat down and the thick sliced bacon was, and it was incredible. And then, the, and then for dessert, they like, okay, they have incredible dessert. They, they got a slice of chocolate cake and it was the largest slice of chocolate cake I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why I'm telling you this, by the way. Anyway, I'm t- actually, we couldn't finish the slice of cake, so we brought it home and our kids had it. That was the worst mistake I've ever had in my life. Because now my kid's standard of cake is Chop House chocolate cake. And my daughter, when she turned 14, she had one request, Chop House chocolate cake. So we went and got it and brought it back. And I don't even know why, why am I telling you? It doesn't matter. Anyway, right, you're second service, you're good. $45 for one slice of cake. And when you eat it, angels sing. Ah. It's ridiculous. But when you go to eat a ridiculous meal, do you know what you don't do? You don't go to fast food, not even Chick-fil-A. I know that's like crazy. Why? Because you know that what's coming is gonna be really, really good. Why do we start out being poor in spirit? Because a lot of us have so many things already inside of us that have been filling us up for so long that God says, A, we don't recognize our need for him, and B, we're already full with a bunch of nonsense. No wonder we don't experience God. So Jesus says, the very first thing you need to do is become poor, broken, recognize your need, recognize, listen, you don't have to be strong enough to make it in 2024. All you have to do is be quiet enough before the Lord to see that he's got you and he's got your family and he cares about what you're doing. So many of us think it's up to us to figure it out. When God says, no, I have a plan. If you would just stop and listen, be still and know that I am the Lord. So, so my, my, what we need to recognize for a moment is Jesus says it starts with being poor in spirit. But look, this is a journey that God leads us on. I want you to track this. This is awesome. Ready? When you go to God and you're poor in spirit, do you know what happens next? You begin to recognize how awesome God is and how small we are and yet how much God loves us. So you know what happens next? You begin to mourn. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done wrong. And you know what happens? As you begin to mourn and you recognize how awesome God is, then you know what happens? You become meek. You become meek. Why are you meek? Because you just spent time being poor in spirit and then mourning. And then all of a sudden you become meek. And then you know what happens? You begin to taste how good God is. And then it says this, then you begin to hunger after God. Because you're like, you only have a snippet of how awesome he is. So you begin to hunger after God. And then as you hunger after God, do you know what happens? You become more like him because you're spending so much time with God. That means that you become more of a peacemaker. You become more pure in heart. You begin to show mercy. Do you know why you do these things? Because God does these things. Do you know why you begin to do them like God? Because you hunger for him. You hunger for him because you started off poor in spirit. Do you see the journey that happens? And yet many people don't get a chance to actually experience this journey with God 
because they never start out at the beginning of being poor in spirit. Which is my next question. In 2024, are you ready to be poor? Our culture is fascinated with accomplishing, with achieving, with having influence, you name it. And my challenge for you, what Jesus says is, do you wanna be blessed? Then make the choice to be poor. Be blessed by putting yourself down, by removing pride. By the way, it's not just pride that we need to actually relinquish. You know what else it is? It's insecurity. We take our insecurities, we take our entitlements, we take our pride and we lay them down at the feet of Jesus and we say, God, it's you. And so what begins to happen is, can we go into 2024 and be poor? And and this is the other thing about God. Ready? I want you to see this. It says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Now, the trade is that we are poor and then what do we get if we're poor? The kingdom. That's not a fair trade. Do you see how this trade is not fair even a little bit? We give up, we, we become poor, God gives us more. We show mercy, we get shown mercy. Whenever we go to God and we give God our things, God always gives us back way more than we ever could have deserved on our own. And the trade is so unfair. You give God your doubts and your discouragements and God gives you his peace. You give God your anxiety and God gives you his presence. You give God your sin and God gives you his forgiveness. He is more generous than you can imagine. I came across a story, I'm fascinated by history. I came across a story, World War II, and 10 days after Pearl Harbor was attacked, so this would have been December 1941, 10 days after Pearl Harbor was attacked, a town in Nebraska uh, called North Platte, they, they, they heard that their young men from their town who had enlisted were gonna be coming through by train on their way to the West Coast to be able to train and then go to war. So they rallied their little town together and they got the people together and they got all these things together to be able to show up at the train station to be able to bless the men as they were headed off to war. And they showed up and this thing kind of began to happen that when they did that, that they're like, what if every train that comes by, we do this for everybody? And so this little town in Nebraska, World War II, when trains began to come through with soldiers, they began to be prepared. And it's pretty incredible. I want you to read a little bit. This is some of the things that they began to do. This is, they prepared sandwiches, cookies, cold drinks, hot coffee. They had baskets and magazines and books to give away to the soldiers, snacks for the train. They even had birthday cakes for any of the, for any of the young men who were celebrating a birthday on that day. And the trains would come, and sometimes as many as 8,000 men would be on the train. And this little town in Nebraska became so unbelievably generous. And it's a, this stat's crazy, ready? At the end of World War II, when the last train stopped in Nebraska in a little town, it's 1946, they had served over six million soldiers that passed their town. It's a fascinating. The generosity of these people was amazing. Now, the reason I love the story is this. It all kind of happened by accident. The town had heard that a train of their young men from their town was coming through. And so they got their things together and they showed up. And when the train came in, that was supposed to be their sons, that was supposed to be their family members. When that train pulled up, there was a mistake and it actually wasn't, it, it wasn't their sons. And it was a completely separate unit from Kansas. So the train pulled in, they stared at each other, had no idea who each other was. Here, one side of the people had a whole bunch of food and snacks and gifts 
And the other guys were like, we don't know who you are. And in the awkwardness and the stillness of the moment, one of the moms who had prepared stuff to give to her own son reached out and gave it to a boy she'd never met. And and, and then other people began to follow suit. And it was things that they had prepared for their own sons. And when that moment happened, after that train left, they said, let's do this some more. And they did it some more. And that thought, I want them to have what I made for my son. When you see Jesus talking about blessed are those who are this, what Jesus is saying is I want you to have what my father has for me. I want you to experience the way God meant us to live life. Do you want, listen, you be poor in spirit, do you know what you get in return? You get the kingdom of God. Do you want to experience mercy? Then give it. Do you want to have, do you know what it's like to be pure in heart? Listen, I'm telling you, following God is the least boring thing you will ever do in your life. And Jesus is up there saying, start this way, the journey goes this way, and if you can follow on this journey, you're gonna experience such incredible transformation because whatever you give to God, whatever you lay down at God's feet, I promise you that God will always give 10 times, a million times more than you could ever deserve. Here's the thing though, you have a choice, and all of us have a choice. As we go into 2024, who do you wanna be blessed by? We have to choose as we go into 24. And a lot of us, if we're really honest, and this is the thing that I, I see in my own life, we want the blessings of God, but we want to live life our way. Jesus said, do you want to be blessed by God? Become poor. And as you go into 2024, my prayer is that you would, listen, and you know the good thing about this? All of us can do this. Being poor in spirit doesn't disqualify any of us. We can all lay at the feet of Jesus. We can all surrender ourselves over and we can say, okay, God, I choose your way over my way. I want your blessing, God, in my life more than I want my way. And so Jesus takes us on this journey. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are, who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are those who become more like Jesus. But I want you to see at the end of this passage we just read today, Jesus says, hey, listen, you know what? You're gonna experience persecution. Can I make another statement too? I think in our country, do you know who we've made God? In our nation, we've made happiness our God. We think that the ultimate of life is to be happy. And this is how we know that we've made happiness our God. If God does not make us happy, then God has failed at what he's doing. And I want you to see in scripture, black and white or in red, depending on how you're reading it, Jesus said this, you will go through hardship. I guarantee it. You know what I love about God? He doesn't hold any punches. He tells you how it is. God never called us to live a life of comfort. He called us to live a life of obedience. But I want you to see tucked in there, he said something else, ready? Because you're gonna experience great reward. And that's my last thought is reward. Do you wanna live for what matters most or what matters right now? I'm gonna invite our worship team to come up. We're gonna have a time of reflection. And as they come up, this is the balance. Jesus says, if you can go on this journey and be someone who's poor, and then you become more like Jesus, you're not doing it aimlessly. You're not doing it just willy-nilly. You're doing it because you think that you, you believe and you know that this life is not all there is, that there were more than just flesh and blood, that God is actually on the move and that God is wanting to work that you believe with your heart and in your heart 
that there is an eternity an eternity, no end in sight, and that all of us want to live for what matters most. It's that forever, that this life is a vapor. It goes like this. And the world's going to tell you the opposite. The world's going to say, live for what matters now. But what matters now, for those of us, listen, I just turned 43 years old. I'm getting ready to have a high schooler. That's crazy. I started losing my hair in college. Life goes by like this. And there's some of you in this room, grandkids. Some of you might even have some great grandkids. And what you say is time is, don't live for what matters now, live for what matters most. And Jesus says, if you wanna be blessed, go on this journey. Trust me, follow me, be poor, start out being poor, lay your life at my feet. And then you're gonna go on a journey that will be so not boring, you couldn't even imagine it. So this is how we're gonna do. We're gonna end service. I'm gonna encourage you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just between you and God, we're gonna give some space. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, are you ready to become poor in spirit before the Lord? And I want you to go into this year saying, okay, God, what do I need to give up so that I can come into this year to experience you. This is a moment of reflection. And in just a little while, our praise team's gonna lead us in a worship song. And when they do, if you want prayer, our prayer team's gonna be in the back of the room and they'll be happy to pray with you and over you and for you for whatever need you might have. But you have a choice to make right now. You have to choose how you're gonna live, who you're gonna serve, No one else can make the choice for you. And my prayer is that you would sense his presence in leading in your life. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.